afternoon and welcome once again Sports Social with Ed Easton. We are live here from Soundcast FM here in another rainy Brooklyn, New York. It's opening day, people. Opening day for Major League Baseball. Well, actually, this is like opening day part two because yesterday there were a few games, but now everybody's playing. Opening day around the globe, around every baseball park, except for the Bronx because they were rained out. Astros versus Yankees, for anybody that was wondering, has been rained out. They'll play tomorrow. What a way to start off everything. You know, you got to rain out. It's New York weather. What can you expect? So uh, all those Yankee fans that took off, you know, took off work for a Monday for opening day. Got day off. Just won't be at a ballpark. Plenty to get to. Of course, you know, we were talking about opening day. Tonight is the big NCAA men's basketball championship game. Villanova Wildcats, North Carolina Tar Heels. I'm a huge Tar Heels fan, so this is going to be interesting for me. I try to, you know, just not think about it too much to see if they have a chance at this game or not, but I'm going to keep my personal preferences out of this one for right now. I have a uh, very special guest that's going to be uh, going to be checking in with us. He is the editor of Villanova Hoops for uh, SB Nation. Mr. Brian Ewart, he's going to call in and give us his thoughts from the Villanova point of view. And uh, we're going to see what Villanova could do, because obviously everybody has North Carolina as the favorite in this game. Villanova returning to the national title game for the first time since 1985. So uh, it's, it's safe to say there's going to be a lot of people excited in Philly. The whole Villanova campus will be jumping as well as North Carolina, but should be a fun game tonight. So everybody tune in for that. Also, we just got word, and I think this, this news broke about two hours ago. Basketball Hall of Fame are inducting Allen Iverson, Shaquille O'Neal, and Tom Izzo, just to name a few. But this year's class, Yao Ming has also been named. He's actually going to, uh, I think, receive a special award. I don't know how they're they're calling it. It's like an injury type of um, honor within the Hall of Fame. But Allen Iverson got in. How about that? And honestly, I got to tell you, well-deserved. Say what you want about Allen Iverson. Yes, he, you know, he could be uh, temperamental at times. He was not the most friendly when it came to the media, especially when he came out to like the whole practice speech. He had his moments regarding coaches, Larry Brown, uh, you know, especially late in his career as he's moved around a little bit. Refusing to come off the bench. Put all that, put all that to the side, you know? The guy at six foot, 165 pounds soaking wet, went out there and carried a Philadelphia 76ers team that featured Eric Snow in the backcourt with him, Aaron McKee, Tyrone Hill, players like Matt Geiger, and they somehow got to the NBA Finals. Now, granted, they got beat down pretty bad by the Lakers, but 
he carried that team. That was his MVP year. Carried that team to an NBA Finals appearance. Multiple time scoring champion. The guy played hurt every game. Now, I know everybody's pretty much accustomed to the NBA having most of the players wear these sleeves on either their left arm or their right arm. Allen Iverson used to have it on both arms, and it wasn't for a style, it was because they were for, his, for compression for his elbows. The guy was getting knocked to the ground so often that it was used more of a medical reason. Yet he turned it into fashion. That's how important Allen Iverson was to the game of basketball when he was playing. There was nobody like him. There still has yet to be anyone like him. To be a rebel, but at the same time, as a rebel, still too tough to guard, too tough to stop. And they always say guys like that, the only way you can really shut them up is by beating them. Not many people beat him. If you talk about on a one-on-one -on -one basis, you couldn't stay in front of him. Probably the fastest guard in history. And a smart player. So, you know, like I said, Allen Iverson well-deserved. I'm happy that the committee that, that got him in, they looked past some of the stuff that, that people like to bring up, you know, practice, that stuff, things like that. I'm just happy he's in. Shaquille O'Neal, that was a no-brainer. It's Shaq. Shaq actually uh, made a guest appearance on uh, WrestleMania last night for all my fellow wrestling fans. And it was funny because he was in the ring, matched up with The Big Show, who is another uh, another seven-footer, probably around 400 pounds or so. Shaq didn't... He looked like he could size him up. I mean, Shaq's size. We see it on the basketball, basketball court, but I don't think it was really appreciated until you saw how big he was compared to these huge wrestlers and how he looked like he belonged. So I just thought that was kind of funny to bring up. He didn't win, in case you guys are wondering. But we are going to talk about WrestleMania last night. Plenty of thrills and, and chills and, and scary moments, man. I, I'm not going to lie. It was it was some stuff there that, that really got me thinking, like, somebody could have really gotten hurt. I don't know if Kevin Owens is okay. I still haven't heard anything. But uh, he took a nasty uh, slam from, from his good friend Sami Zayn. A lot of interesting wins, a lot of interesting things. I thought they, they did a lot with that card that was very depleted due to injury, and they made a great show out of it. Of course, the ending, we can all say, wasn't ideal for what was really turning out to be an excellent show. But uh, we'll definitely talk more about that later on in the show. And it's, it's becoming more of a routine for people to come out and just criticize decisions and how they do things with WWE but uh, like I said I, I still at the end of the day have to go hats off I thought it was a great job just the entire car Shane McMahon is, a, is an animal I can't believe what Shane McMahon did and I, I was happy that he gave a thumbs up at the end of his his leap of faith if you want to call it that missing the Undertaker jumping from the hell in a cell it, it man that was incredible stuff in front of his three kids and his wife and his mother and sitting in the front row they watched this they watched Shane McMahon do this and Vince is probably backstage like I wish he would have did a moonsault 
But hey, you know, it's entertainment. He got the job done because I was entertained. I was actually a little worried. I thought he got I thought he killed himself. Just a, an amazing, amazing situation there. So WWE did not disappoint. Probably at the end they did, but about 90% of the show they were they were on point. The uh, Mets, like I said, opening day started yesterday. The Mets played their first game since the World Series, and guess who they play? The Kansas City Royals. And it's funny because this wasn't like it was predicted after the World Series that they were going to have these two, you know, match up against each other. It just happened to be scheduled this way and a coincidence that they it's just the same two teams are in the World Series. That never happens. The Mets lost, in case you're wondering. 4-3. There are 161 more games left. Don't worry, Mets fans. I know you're all worried now. Like, oh my God, we blew a game. Matt Harvey blew the game. Blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's only one game. Okay? Plenty more to lose. Don't worry. Or win. See, look at me. I'm being fair about it. But uh, once again, I want to give everybody the phone number to call in. Chime in on your thoughts on a busy weekend in sports. 516-900-2278. That's 516-900-2278, Soundcast FM Studios. And I want to give a shout out to everybody that's actually been subscribing to the iTunes page for this for this show, Sports Social with Ed Easton on iTunes. Check it out, as well as various other networks. I, I'm excited today because, like I said, we're, we're going to talk more college basketball, but I'm excited to see what people are going to say, like Brandon Ingram just declared himself eligible for the draft. He's leaving Duke early. He actually wrote on the Players' Tribune, which has become the ultimate outlet for every athlete with an opinion. And I like it. Derek Jeter, how about that? But uh, he says his thank yous to Duke basketball, you know, Coach K. He's going to take his chances in the lottery. Same thing with Buddy Heald. I mean, the guy was uh, the Naismith a Player of the Year. Got trounced. His team just got destroyed by Villanova. I mean, I, th I think it was like a 40-point beatdown. I, I just, for all the hype that was going into that game, it wasn't even close for like a second. But hey. Villanova has a tough matchup against North Carolina. They could be riding a high. I don't know. Maybe something about that arena. But uh, they could not miss a shot against Oklahoma. At Ed Easton Jr. is a Twitter. Make sure you hit me up on that. Got any more questions? And what I'm going to do actually is uh, play a little bit of some of the uh, sights and sounds from the Final Four from this Saturday because it's always a fun environment. It's the Final Four. It's college basketball at its best. And I think it's only right that we get into a little bit, a little bit of the sight and sounds. This is a lot of from uh, um, the broadcast, I should say, from CBS. So uh, check that out. And we'll be right back. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton.
Bills. Are you ready? I'm looking forward to it. Uh, okay. All month long. Leading up to the final four. Underway. The buddy loves through. Heel. Hits the tree. Here's Heel. They got a round of chapter. What a shot that was. And Villanova, they want to slow the pace down, be methodical. Well, Oklahoma has come up with seven straight empty trips. And if you gamble against Villanova, they will make you pay. Just sneak a beat. You pay the price. 16 down. That's the biggest deficit of the entire season for the Sooners. They popped us. We didn't respond very well. And we've got to come back with a different response. Look at this hustle. Get the pick back to bring it to single digits. The start you wanted right now. Oklahoma with seven offensive rebounds here to start the second half. Deep throw. Another one. Booyah! Long lead, send it in. And Brunson picks it off the floor and takes it to the other side. And Villanova's pouring it on. It's a 40-point ball game. We lost our composure there, obviously, and, and things came apart. So you never like handling things like that. Look at this, wide open. Watch this give up. Oh yes, a brilliant performance by the Wildcats. You know, got got whipped in every way. The largest margin of victory in any Final Four game all time. North Carolina, the only number one seed to make it to the Final Four, and Syracuse becomes the first 10 seed to ever play in this spot. And we're started. Look at line. He does have some lead that rotation. Now you may get the bounce. Oh, oh, right. oh a little ricochet romance. Hey, you know you're a shooter when you get a touch like that. Britt, that one. Followed up by Johnson. Wow. <laughs> Goodness! See, that's Jackson. Jackson, nice Only pass. Carolina underneath, <laughs> all the way in, and scoring is Barry Page. He'll put up the jumper, and Carolina's on a little roll here. Double-digit lead for the first time tonight. Look at that slip pass. Great Ooh. dish! Wow! Wow! <laughs> the game was tied at 18, and then North Carolina closed the first half, 21 to 10. It's really about our offense. We've got to score some points to beat North Carolina. You're not going to beat them playing defense. Cooney! That's that it. might get him going. How about this? Cooney <laughs> dunks it down. Cooney said, hey, it's been frustrating. Let's go! Yeah, this is what they did against the Cavaliers. Look at the numbers. Nobody back. And Jackson and slams it down. Back to a dozen. North Carolina will be playing in the championship game. How about a date with Villanova on Monday night? How does that sound to you? I'll see you there. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Cool J with a triumphant comeback. More as But tonight. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my pants. Foot suffers and fear. Making the tears rain down like a monsoon. Listen to the bass go boom.
are back, Sports Social, here on Southcast FM. And we have our guest on the line. Brian, are you there? I'm here. How are you doing? How are you doing, Brian? We got Brian Ewart. He is the editor for uh, Villanova Hoops for SB Nation. Brian, we are ready for the big game today. Um, let us know, like, what is the atmosphere in terms of Villanova? What do you feel like they need in going into this big game? Yeah, sure. I mean, as with all these games, I think they just need to play their, you know, play their style. Um, you know, this is a tough defensive team. Um, they have to try to find a way to deal with that that big uh, UNC front court. Um, but you know, they got to go in there, play defense. You know, scrap for some rebounds, uh, and just continue to you know do their do what they do. Okay, and I, I read a uh, article that you put up today, actually. Um, I'm sorry, actually yesterday, in regards to the defense and just breaking down UNC. Now, with a guy like, for example, Marcus Page, how do you feel like they need to guard him? Because he's been on fire this entire tournament. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, all these you know, matchups are going to be tough, and this is definitely, um, you know, right up there with Kansas as far as, you know, talent for Villanova. And Marcus Page is, has been great. Um, you know, generally with with players like that, you, you see Villanova – um, you know, you'll probably see some zone looks, but generally speaking, they like to play man, and they'll probably switch off on them, give everyone a everyone a chance, and and um, you know, give them a couple different looks. Um, once they kind of can figure out what's working best, then then you'll see them go back to that. Okay, and just in regards to their path coming into the tournament, a lot of people were skeptical because of the early troubles they've had in past tournaments, even being knocked out before the Sweet 16 round. What do you think was different going in with this year's team? Yeah, sure. This this year's team, I think, mentally was was more ready for it. Um, there's been totally and absolutely a, a, a business-first attitude about it. There's no celebration of just being there. Um, and, and also, this is just a very tough, again, de- defensive team. Um, you know, they've, they've played a lot of different you know, styles, and, and they're they're more comfortable, I think, with what they do. Okay, definitely. And it's going to be interesting going up against a team like North Carolina and seeing how they handled a team like Kansas. Now, obviously this matchup may not be the same. It's not going to have that same type of feel to it and everything. Um, North Carolina comes in more as the uh, the favorite going in. When you have a team like Villanova, the history, 1985, people are bringing it up again. Do you feel like there's a chance for any type of magic, or or should we just be, you know, be realistic in the uh, in the outcome here? Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't, I don't know that around Villanova, I don't know that 1985 ever goes away. <laughs> um, but but sure, I mean, you definitely hear people talking about it. Um, you know, you got some of the guys from that team are are in Houston right now. Um, there's there's definitely that that talk of the magic um and and the possibility but i think on the court um i don't think those players are really thinking you know hey you know there there's any meaning beyond um the game that they have to play and i i think that's kind of something that that jay wright's been pushing on them is is you know think about the game that's in front of you right now um that's the mindset that i think got them there that's the mindset that got them through the oklahoma game um and i i think that's what they're going to be going with yeah, and I just want to go back to that Oklahoma game, and I was playing actually some of the uh, audio from it. The the way they just jumped out and such an offensive explosion and, and pretty much keeping Buddy Heald in check, it, it really has a lot of people thinking. I mean, because I, I have 
I'm actually been thinking North Carolina has the best chance of winning this, but Villanova with the same type of offensive outburst, is this something that you've seen during the season that they can put up points like this? Yeah, absolutely. And and, and they are one of the better offensive teams in the country. Um, you know, they have to be careful not to um, get too reliant on the three ball when it's landing, and it did land uh, against Oklahoma. Um, they can, you know, really just run away. Um, but they've been really efficient when they've been inside the arc. So, um, you know, they have to make sure that they're mixing that in, um, keeping their offense kind of balanced, and, and they have the ability to do that. I think it was shocking for people that they were able to shoot as well, though, in the in the big dome, and I think that's really what the – you know the the big deal was. I mean, Buddy himself, you know, had had a a rough go of it at, at times, especially in that game, um, shooting in the dome, and it, it has that reputation. But you know, I think UNC had a good night too. So we'll we'll see if they can both keep it up. Yeah, that's always kind of the uh, the whole thing about playing in a dome because the basket and not really having some type of background around it. I heard it's sort of like a distraction. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting going into tonight's game. Um, is there anything like anything else that you can give us? I know I just saw Jay Wright is the uh, he was named the national coach of the year. Um, what do you feel like was different in his his uh, way of handling the team this time around and uh, just obviously getting this honor? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think he just did a tremendous job this year. Um, you know, this is a team that um, you know doesn't really have you know a ton of the one and done type players. It doesn't have. Um, any surefire lottery picks. I mean, certainly there's a couple guys who, uh, Josh Hart, for example, and, and, and Jalen Brunson, who could eventually find their, themselves on an NBA roster. Um, hell, you know, Daniel Achefu could, could be there too if, if he continues to, you know, play well and, and, and stay uninjured tonight. Um, but but no one's really that, that guy that, that's, you know, first round, you know, first overall pick, you know, top lottery pick guy. Um, it's really just been encouraging a team-oriented approach um, and keeping everyone's, you know, head in the right place. And I think in, in 2009, the last trip to the Final Four, they kind of got there, and I think they were a little bit just happy to be there um, and, and didn't really play their game in that, in that matchup with, with UNC back then. Okay. And, um, Brian, just your final thoughts going into today's game. Like, who, what's your prediction? You know, do you have Villanova coming out on top, and who's the difference maker? Sure. Um, I think it's a real close game. Um, I'm, I'm going to give the edge to, to Villanova. I, I see this one kind of going a little bit like the um, the Kansas game in the Elite Eight. Um, you, you got another tough team that can play defense, that can that can certainly rebound the ball well, um, and, and they obviously know how to score. Um, I think Villanova will, will do their best to keep up with them. I, I think it'll it'll come down to the the final moments like that game. Um, and and my readers would crucify me if I didn't pick Villanova, <laughs> so I'm going to. Um, and I, I, I do think um, in this game you're going to see, I think Chris Jenkins is going to be a key player. Um, I think uh, Daniel Achefu is going to be a key player. Um, they, they need to find a way to deal with uh, UNC's uh, front court, and those are, those are two guys that are going to have to try to create the, uh, you know, work the matchups. Definitely. And um, Ryan, you are once again the editor of VU Hoops for SB Nation. Check him out. has a lot of great stuff on there. And um, hopefully we'll enjoy a great game tonight. All right. Thanks a lot. Good talking to you. All right. Have a good one, man. Bye-bye. Bye. Great stuff. I mean, you know what? I'm a, like I said, I'm a North Carolina fan, but he brings up a good point. The team, in terms of Villanova, is coming in with a different type of energy. They're really just giving you 
more of a uh, more of a confidence they haven't had. And this is not the same team from 2009. They're really trying to uh, to put a, put the pressure on them. I was really big on the offensive explosion that they did have in that game. And you know what? It could quite possibly happen. We could have a game in the hundreds here between North Carolina and Villanova. So, you know what? It should be a lot of fun for everybody that will be checking it out. That game, I believe, is going to be around 9 o'clock on either CBS. No, actually, TBS. I apologize. They always switch it around with the different networks. They have the different team stream networks. If you want to listen to it from a North Carolina's point of view, there's one channel. Another channel will be for the Villanova point of view. So, Definitely some uh, great stuff with there. And thank you again to uh, Brian Uart from uh, SB Nation. So it's it's a Monday, man. You know, you're going to have these type of games. And I'm really, I really, one of the main things I'm really looking forward to when I watch it from a North Carolina point of view is to see what type of spacing they're going to have. If they're not hitting a three-point shot, they're just not good. That's it. They're just not good. So we'll see how it how it really comes out. Bryce Johnson is going to be a huge difference maker, and I do believe that he's going to be one of those guys that you have to um to be able to box out if you're Villanova. And uh, they're not they don't really they're not heavy on terms of lottery picks as Brian was mentioning, but I do think they will give North Carolina a lot of trouble. So a lot of those people that were picking Carolina, like myself, we have reason to be nervous. And there's nothing wrong with that. All right, I'm rambling a little bit this Monday morning, but once again, it's a Monday. We all go through it. Taking calls, 516-900-2278. We'll step aside once again for another song. You're listening to Sports Social here and we go Soundcast FM. like this. Hit it. I dig it. Come on. Cool, cool, and that a bar. And I'm looking for some action. But like Mick Jagger said, I can't get no satisfaction. The girls are all around. But none of them want to get with me. My threads are fresh and I'm looking deaf. Yo, what's up with L.O.C.? The girls are all jockin' at the other end of the bar. Having drinks with some no-name chump when they know that I'm a star. So I got him and strolled over to the other side of the cantina. I asked the guy why he's so fly. He said, Funky Cole Medina. Get more chicks, put a little Medina in your glass, and the girls will come real quick. It's better than any alcohol or aphrodisiac. A couple of sips of this love potion, and she'll be on your lap. So I gave some to my dog when he began to beg, and then he licked his bowl, and he looked at me and did a wild thing on my leg. He used to scratch and bite me before he was much, much meaner. But now all the poodles run to my house for the funky cold Medina. You know what I'm saying? I got every dog in my neighborhood breaking down my door. I got Spuds, McKenzie, Alex, and Strolls. 
They won't meet my dog along with that Medina pal. I went up to this girl. She said, hi, my name is Sheena. I thought she'd be good to go with a little funky cold Medina. She said, I like a drink. I said, mm, well, I'll go get it. And then a couple of sips, she go lick the lips, and I knew that she was with it. So I took her to my crib, and everything went well as planned. But when she got her dress, it was a big old mess. Sheena was a man. So I threw her mouth. I don't fool around with no Oscar Maya Wiener. You must be sure that your girl is pure for the funky cold Medina. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no plans with a man. This is the 80s and locus down with the ladies. No joke. Break it down. She started talking about plans for our wedding. I grabbed my coat and hit the door. I said, baby, I'll be seeing ya. That's why I found you don't fool around with the funky cold Medina. You know what I'm saying? That Medina's a monster. Back Sports Social with Eddie Easton. Once again, that number is 516-900-2278. And, you know, we just finished talking about NCAA basketball. And the biggest thing that's going on right now is Major League Baseball opening day. So we have a full slate of games. Full slate of games to really go through. I was watching a little bit of the Pittsburgh Pirates take on the St. Louis Cardinals. Interesting matchup. Just because these two teams have always been like neck and neck, and you got the Cubs in there. That whole NL Central, that top three in the NL Central has been amazing. You're basically dealing with three teams that are dominant. The Pirates have just been snake bitten when it comes to that one game playoff. They can't get out of that one game situation in order to uh, advance. Great players like Andrew McCutcheon, I, was, I always talk about it all the time. Um, I, I just, they're going to forever be known for not getting past, not getting over that hump. And, you know, the Cardinals have always been a barrier as well as the the Chicago Cubs. So that's always going to be a tough one for them. And just moving forward when it comes to any type of playoff positioning, those three teams, it's going to be every year. You kind of feel bad for the Brewers and the uh, Reds because they'll be in the basement for a while until those young prospects start to show up. But it's the nature of the business. Now, today's slate of games, like I said, they had to postpone 
the uh, the Yankees game. That would have been the early game that would have been actually playing right now. So the next game was San Francisco versus Milwaukee. That's going to be uh, that's actually a free game for today for MLB TV. If you go to MLB.com, you can check that out. That's the free game of the day. So uh, there's some other games like I was talking about. Minnesota, Baltimore. You got Seattle versus Texas. Boston, Cleveland, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, Washington, Atlanta. The Dodgers are taking on the Padres. Toronto versus Tampa Bay again. Colorado, Arizona, Cubs and, and Angels. And then you ended off with the White Sox. The White Sox. Look, hear me, the White Sox. The White Sox and the Oakland Athletics. So it's a full slate of games today. And it just keeps growing and growing. This is how it's going to be for all us baseball fans. This is the fun times. But uh, once again, this is actually the perfect time to see a baseball game. I know it sounds weird, but if you're just learning the game and you want to really get to know what's going on, this is the perfect time to watch. Everybody's 0-0. There are no favorite. There are favorites, but once again, that's just all, you know, talk right now. You want to pick a team. If you want to stay local and take a team like the Yankees or Mets or if you're from another city or state and you want to take other sides, then that's fine. When you look at when you look at uh, the different lineups that are going to be thrown out there every night, baseball amongst other sports, you get so much parity. You're going to have teams that you didn't expect to get hot at the right time, make the World Series, or you know get cold and just be horrible. I mean, you got teams like notoriously great, like the Red Sox, had a horrible year the last two years. And they're not really picked to do that much better. Yes, they picked up David Price, but you got a guy like uh, Pablo Sandoval, who apparently is having a problem with his weight. He just lost out on his third baseman job to Travis Shaw. And you got Pablo Sandoval is making over $90 million to be a bench player. $90 million to be a bench player. I mean, it's insane. It's really insane. And I just look at it as one of those things where you you can't really fathom. Like, why didn't they put that in a contract saying that you have to meet a certain weight goal in order to play? That's the thing that always seems to get me. Like, why why not? And if you're a player, why don't you why aren't you responsible enough to say, okay, let me uh get a chef. I'm making $90 million. I can hire a personal chef to make healthy foods for me so I can make healthier decisions. But no, now we got a situation where once again, once again, a player does more damage to himself. That just seems to be the running, uh, it's like a running joke. I don't know what they're going to do in regards to him, if he's going to stick around, but I've been hearing from different Red Sox fans that I know that they're actually okay with it because Hanley Ramirez gets hurt anyway. He can move into first base, they'll switch Travis Shaw around, and he'll go back to third. Ortiz is getting up there. He'll still be the DH, but he's still not. This is the last season, you know, for a reason. He can't stay healthy. There's depth. If you want to look at his depth, there's depth. I'm just saying, you're paying $90 million for a guy to come off the bench. Still sounds crazy to me. 
but this is the system we're in this is the games we're in I looked at another game the some of the Mets and Royals last night in between watching WrestleMania Conforto looked good if you're a Mets fan Michael Conforto is now going to be your everyday outfielder. You know, got two hits. Uh, obviously, the guy is very focused at the plate. Can he stay healthy? That's going to be the big thing. You have a full season for the first time. Can he do it? They had him DHing last night against the Royals. I mean, my whole thing with Conforto, they keep saying he has the back issues and, yeah, back stiffness. He left the game earlier in the, in the spring training. If he can stay healthy and really be a solid defender out in the outfield, then the Mets, they, like I said, they have something here. Only 23 years old, but the guy can really swing the bat. He'll be counted on heavily to play that outfield position. But once again, we shall see. We shall definitely see. The other big story in terms of opening day, and I don't know if people are really hip to this yet, but uh, the whole theme this year is caps on. You get it? Because it's opening day, baseball. They wear baseball caps, so caps on. I think it's cool. Obviously, people have umbrellas out today, but most days it'll be caps on. It's a it's a nice promotion. Obviously, with lids, I think I believe it's lids. But they were asking for everybody for opening day to have your caps on all day. Whether you're a Yankee fan, Mets fan, all of them take pictures, hashtag it, put it up on the websites. They'll have it up on MLB.com. And I'm checking through the photos. And you see some cool photos. Little kids wearing their hats and everything. Really representing. It's really some cool stuff. So it's New Era, I should say. New Era is doing it. Probably could get these hats at lids, but MLB.com shop. Check that out. And I said I was going to get into this a little bit later, but I think it's just, it's really important to mention it. WrestleMania last night, they said they had over 101,000 people. Now, I'm going to have Black, you know, this is probably going to be his last for a while until SummerSlam, his chime in in regards to what's going on in the world of wrestling, because the biggest event just happened. And I definitely want him to sum up what happened last night because it was a insane, insane show. And, and the crowd, I don't think we appreciate how big Texas Stadium is, that huge stadium for the Dallas Cowboys is until you see an event like that done. I think for a football game, we, we say it's massive, but we don't really appreciate it. But when you see it for a wrestling event, how big and how much they really, they definitely sold out that place. 
they really just they, I, I like I said I'm still in awe at how they did it but anyway one of the main matches last night was actually the first one on the official card for WrestleMania. And that dealt with the six-man or seven-man ladder match. And in the ladder match, you had Zack Ryder, who was basically, I think in most people's opinions, just a throw-in after Neville got injured. He basically... Like, I, I just don't know how he won. He's, I don't even know because if he did that much to win it, to be honest with you. Yeah, he had a couple of nice, you know, drops and everything, but he wasn't really the main guy. But uh, he did come up with a cool story that I did want to share. And uh, just to give some of the sights and sounds from what happened last night. He had a little interview with... Uh, right after the match in regards to how he felt and I thought it was pretty cool like they actually have a picture on his uh, Instagram with him and Razor Ramon back in the day when Razor Ramon won back in Madison Square Garden Wrestlemania 10 when he won the uh, Intercontinental title this is Razor Ramon mind you he had a picture as a kid taking a picture you know with uh, Razor Ramon holding Razor Ramon's title and he tells a story about how you know he just Always wanted to win a title like this. If anybody follows wrestling, he's been on the he's been on the roster for about a good maybe decade now. Hasn't really done much in the last five years. For Zack Ryder to really have his moment at WrestleMania was pretty cool. And uh, like I said, I just want you guys to check out a little bit of that interview because it was pretty good. Finally, <laughs> you know, like after everything, 30 years that I've been alive, I've wanted to be here. Being the WWE, be a WWE superstar. Now I'm gonna walk out of WrestleMania, the WWE Intercontinental Champion. It's sick. <sighs> Doesn't get any better than that. Zach, the backstage area exploded when they saw you win that title. Um, what does it mean to have the support of your peers? Uh, it's it's one thing to have the support of the WWE Universe, but it's another thing to have the support of the other guys on the roster. Um, people were congratulating me just for even being in the match. So it means a lot that, you know, the people, they think that, that highly of me, that I deserve to be in the match and that I deserve to be the Intercontinental Champion. Um, man, it's, it's like an indescribable feeling. And you've long, you know, you've long talked about your battles with, with catering, just sitting around at shows, not doing anything. Yeah. And, and for the last 30 minutes, you haven't had a chance to catch a breath because you've <laughs> just been from one corner to the next yeah. and everyone's starting to kind of pay attention to you a little bit. I mean, how does that feel? Uh, I mean, I used to, even two weeks ago, go into Monday Night Raw just crossing my fingers that I was actually like on the lineup, on the show somewhere, whether it be like Superstars or Main Event or Raw or SmackDown. And now... I just climbed the ladder at WrestleMania and I grabbed this, the Intercontinental Championship. And one of the guys who congratulated you at the end, 
was the same guy who you said you saw at WrestleMania 10. What did that mean to come out as Intercontinental Champion? I mean, I was at WrestleMania 10 when Razor Ramon beat Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental title. I have a picture, I've said it a bunch of different places, where I'm holding his Intercontinental title, and I gotta go find him backstage, and I want him to hold my Intercontinental title. We need this picture. Yeah. No, yeah, that? Yeah, it was your idea. Yeah, man. <laughs> he held mine when he was a little kid. That was really cool. Like they show at the end, uh, Razor Ramon actually holding the title with Zack Ryder. And hey, you know, it's like I said, a lot of people know it's it's sports entertainment, but they actually had Sports Center live from WrestleMania last night. That just lets you know the power of the uh, of the wrestling brand at this point at WWE. The fact that it had Sports Center on there, and it was updates during WrestleMania of who won matches. Like this was really going on. And I thought it was it was really uh really cool. And there were a couple of moments that just got you to say, you know what, this is why we watch, this is why people are fans, or even people that are not really fans, this is why they check it out. And uh another one was uh, you know, just by going by reactions, for example. Um, we talked about the biggest change was for the divas. They said there was like, you know, this whole thing with the divas revolution and and it's this new change in um, what they want to do with women's wrestling. They Right before the match that was supposed to be for the Divas title, they decided to disband the Divas title because they feel like women wrestlers should just get the same respect as the male wrestlers. I don't go figure, right? Even though that should have been done from the beginning, they decided to make a brand new belt, and it's the new WWE women's title. And they had... Of all people to uh, do it, and I and I thought it was very cool that they had her do it. Uh, Lita during the pre-show was the one to announce the new WWE Women's Championship belt, and uh, it went a little something like this. And later on tonight, in a triple threat, we will see the champion Charlotte. her dirty father. The Irish last kicker, Becky Lynch. And the boss, Sasha Banks. Those three women have been very instrumental in this next evolution of women in this business, the Divas Revolution. They are so much more than divas here in this ring today. They are all WWE superstars. So it is with my great honor to let you guys know tonight, the winner of the triple threat will be the recipient of the first ever WWE Women's Championship. So that was the unveiling of the new uh, WWE Women's Championship that will go to the uh, Triple Threat winner from last night. And as you know, I don't care, spoiler alert, just in case you didn't watch it last night and you didn't get a chance to watch it on the network, hold your ears, Charlotte won. So Charlotte won the title. She is uh, the new Women's Champion, even though she was always the Divas Champion, but they changed the title. It looks more like an official title instead of a butterfly belt, which got a lot of controversy over the past, 
I don't know, a couple of uh, maybe a couple of months ever since they made the uh, transition to bringing in better female wrestlers. So uh, they got a chance to uh, they actually got a chance to talk to Charlotte. Also, these are all from WWE.com. These are all from their backstage uh, interviews. So this was what Charlotte had to say in regards to uh, winning the new title. Charlotte, first of all, congratulations on becoming the brand new WWE Women's Champion. Thank you. What was the atmosphere like in the ring? Um, I know this sounds cliche, but it was everything that The Rock says. It was it was electrifying. Um, I went in, in there against the fire of the division, the boss of the division, but I'm the champ. I was going to walk in the champ, and I was going to walk out the champ, and that's what I did. Uh, I hate to rain on your parade a little bit. I have to ask the question. Do you feel that the way that the match ended, the way that you won the match, do you feel that tarnishes the victory at all? Am I standing here with the title? I said I would do anything it takes to get to the top. And that's what I did. I'm the women's champion. No, it doesn't tarnish anything. They just have to fight that much harder. It was two on one. Why couldn't I have my dad with me? I was defending my title. All right, Charlotte, thank you. Thank you. That was uh, Charlotte's reaction towards her win, and uh, it was controversial just because Sasha Banks was being held in by Ric Flair as she tried to run back into the ring. So that was that whole thing regarding that. Now, obviously, Sasha Banks was all, like, hype. She actually dressed up as Eddie Guerrero in honor of Eddie Guerrero, who's her favorite wrestler of all time. It's, uh, it was, like I said, it was pretty uh, interesting. Just the, the whole breakdown of that, and uh, Sasha Banks gave her emotional response to losing in a very controversial way at WrestleMania. Sasha, Sasha, it's a very emotional night, I understand. Things did not go your way. First time the WWE Women's Championship competed for. How did you feel after this? Honestly, I just feel like um, I put my heart out there. And that's what I do with all my matches. But um, to be honest with you, overall, I just feel like just so honored and proud that us as a whole, the whole women from NXT, from the past, the, the present, the future, everything, like every woman who's ever stepped foot in WWE, I just feel like we did it. We, we changed history tonight. It's not divas anymore. It's not a butterfly, a butterfly title anymore. It's the women's, and that has been a dream of mine ever since they changed it. And um, just to be part of WrestleMania, um, I don't. I don't know what to say. I'm just... I'm speechless. Thank you, Sasha. Thank you. Yeah, look, speechless. She's crying. She lost the match. Ric Flair obviously got involved. That's what uh, led to happen. If you don't know what happened, you want to see it for yourself, check out the network. That's the best way I can tell you. But uh, I just thought that was cool. And uh, I'm going to leave you with uh, one more post-WrestleMania interview. And this one I thought was pretty interesting. This was from uh, Shaq, who was the big, the big surprise 
if you know, no pun intended, for the uh, Andre the Giant Memorial match. Let's check out what Shaq had to say. This is my fourth WrestleMania. This is my WrestleMania moment right now. Shaquille O'Neal is in the house. I literally sprinted to come and find you. You're my dream interview of my entire life. How are you? I think I'm a little upset. I've been wanting Big Show for years. So a second time, first one didn't go well. This one, they double teamed us, but hopefully before he retires, it'll just be me against him. So, so if you're listening, I'm ready to take on Big Show whenever, wherever. Just let me know. We have been hearing so many times over the years that you're going to be here in WWE. Tonight was your big entrance. How did it feel to be out there in front of over 100,000 people here at AT&T Stadium? Well, this is an incredible venue. Uh, 100,000 people was awesome. The fans were into it. I think a lot of people were surprised to see me, but I, I think once they realized it was me, you know, they were looking to see a good match. But we got double team, quadruple team, but hopefully we can bring it back to Dallas and Shaq versus Big Show. I hope so. Looking forward to that. Thank you. It was a pleasure to see you tonight, even though you did not win. But next time. Thank you. Oh, wow. So that was uh, Shaq. Shaq was in the big match. And uh, <laughs> Renee Young, apparently, she's a commentator for WWE. So that was the biggest interview of her career. To talk to Shaq Diesel, make his surprise hilarious. Pretty, he was very funny. His hilarious... Uh, entrance into the battle royal which was won by baron corbin and like i said we're gonna get into all of the real breakdowns of the match in a minute as well as just the overall feel because a lot of people you know they gave their opinions on what should have happened what didn't happen and i think it's always good but uh one of the things that i do want to get into is just the hall of fame and i know that Black has his thoughts. I thought the Hall of Fame just ran way too young, uh, way too long. I'm sorry. It ran way too long for my taste. It was about four hours long of just guys talking, and the Fabulous Freebirds were a good hour and 30 minutes of it. So uh, it was a, uh interesting interesting breakdown of it. But um, I always thought the best, the best one was Sting. I thought Sting, obviously given, you know, saying his... Um, his goodbyes to the WWE Universe and his official retirement, mind you. This was his official retirement. And uh, I'm a little bit later after um, when we speak with uh, Dr. Black because he has to give his thoughts on the whole WrestleMania story and if it, was, if it lived up to expectations. We're going to definitely talk about it. So it's, it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting. And uh, I know, for one, if you're a heavy wrestling fan, you're going to miss Sting being officially retired. I say quote-unquote retired, but that's what he said. We're going to see if this is the real deal or not. But uh, once again, and we're still taking your calls, 516-900-2278. Once again, that's 516-900-2278. At Ed Easton Jr. is the Twitter. But... uh. What I do want to take from this, and anybody that is a huge wrestling fan, you got a good show, especially if you just, you know, watched it on the network, you paid the $9.99 or whatever. You got a great show. This wasn't one of those shows where they kind of just mailed it in. They gave you the rock for a little bit, more than a lot of people expected to get of him. You know, he had a quick fake match, but I thought it was tastefully done, if, if there's any way of calling it, because... 
we expected him to do nothing. That was the whole rumor. Like, he was going to do nothing. He doesn't have any type of, like, insurance in regards to him doing movies. He gave us something. They gave us the WrestleMania Legends. They gave us Stone Cold Steve Austin. They gave us Mankind. They gave us Shawn Michaels, who still looked like he could fight, which is that it does kind of scare me a little bit that Shawn Michaels still had that that look that he could fight and he was still in shape. So uh hey, it was uh it was very is entertaining. That's the the whole point. Even a new day in a losing effort coming out dressed as Dragon Ball Z characters was hilarious. So uh with that being said, here's a guy who has a lot of an opinion, a huge opinion on what happened last night as well as the entire weekend. Here's uh Dr. Black. Hey, nah, Dr. Black, he's, he's 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 tired. He's doing a lot of overtime here on the show because the road to WrestleMania <laughs> has officially come to an end, and he gets to take. Uh, 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 no, no, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. The road to WrestleMania is coming to an end. It's not over you yet. Have, you have one more night. Oh, because of Raw tonight. tonight. Okay. Well, we have Monday Raw tonight. Yes, you, this Raw you cannot discount it. The Raw after Wrestle after WrestleMania is probably the biggest Raw. Outside of the go-home Raw, obviously, right. Right. leading into WrestleMania. So, yes, this is the last. I will call it the last. I call this the last stop. Even though WrestleMania happened last night, this is the official last stop until you start to wind up for Orlando. August, uh, I mean, what is it, April 2nd, 2017. So, when it starts all over again. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So what, let me just let me just jump right into. We, we could always talk about NXT and everything and the Hall of Fame. I want to jump right into WrestleMania because it was a huge card. Let's let's be let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. So um, any surprises just overall for you? I, I will fully admit I marked out during the uh, League of Nations, the end of the uh, League of Nations New Day match. They when, they uh, really saved Sean, that. That was huge. When Sean. Uh, Cactus and Stone Cold came out, and then to top it off, they actually got physical. Yeah, and the the greatest part, and the greatest part to me was that Shawn Michaels actually had his wrestling gear on for it. <laughs> he had his wrestling gear on, and he was in full. He was in shape, like Shawn He's Michaels. Still in shape. Shawn Michaels looked like he's still on the roster, which I didn't understand that at all. He's still in great shape. It is amazing that he's still in great shape, like. Like he's he, been retired, what, five, six years now? Yeah, he, he should. I, I I couldn't believe it. At one point, I remember, I think maybe last year, he looked really old last year, I felt like. Dude. Today, I mean, la- like, yesterday, he looked like he turned back the clock. He looked like 1998 Shawn Michaels for a second. He looked like Shawn Michaels right before he retired, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Like, he looked very good. Austin has just been drinking his own beer. Oh, so you could tell. Some weight. You could definitely tell. Austin put on weight. Oh, yeah. Austin's, been, Austin's just been drinking his beer. <laughs> I mean, he has his own beer line. So he's a big guy still, but he's sl- he looked very slow, man, walking to that uh to that ring. Nah, that's Mick Foley because Mick Foley's body's just beat up. Well, Mick Foley lost some weight, so I'm pretty happy for him. He lost like 50 pounds, he said. So. Yeah, but he's still beat up. I mean, that oh, doesn't yeah. discount. Oh, yeah. Without question. He's going to be beat up for life. He has internal injuries. Uh, what else did you like from? Well, actually, can I, can I say let's stay on that match. I thought, and and this is my opinion. I feel like the Dallas crowd didn't appreciate the New Day, in terms of the fact yes, that they, they did. They, I don't think they appreciated the way they should have. Yes, they did. I, 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 let me say something. For the fact that they did the DBZ entrance, we should have seen this coming though, because they did do fusion in the ring before. But 
they came out the Bootios box. Then it was like they had the DBZ gear on. It just was such a good, well-thought-out entrance. At least for them, because it fit the new day. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, it's one of those things that I was like, when I seen it, I was I had to, like, applaud it because it was such a good entrance. And, yes, the Dallas crowd just gives me a... I say they, I, I say they gave, them, gave them justice. Because everybody was chanting for New Day. So, I, I can't really say they didn't give them the, the, justi- the justified right of... Um, Oh no, they didn't do them right. No, they did right by. I think the crowd in Dallas did right by New Day, but obviously you disagree. I just feel like I feel like the, maybe it's because it was so so many people in there, and it, you can't really get a full range of the volume and the and the. I I didn't hear enough applause. I feel like for some of the funny stuff they did do, I felt like it was more uh, of a, like a mixed crowd. Nah. Oh, I don't want to buzz bubbles, but I I just read I just found out a little bit of information talking about the crowd as you mentioned. That. Okay. So WWE actually did not have over a hundred thousand people at WrestleMania. Okay. They did have over ninety three thousand, but it was right under ninety four thousand people. So they did not sell out AT and T Stadium. No. Okay. Of course, of course, they're gonna pipe it in as they did, but they did not sell out AT and T Stadium. It was ninety four. But how do you have the? Uh, but how do you have an official stat? They, uh, according to another insider, Dave Meltzer, they, um, the actual venue officials. That's what they said. That was the official. It came from the official uh, venue people. So basically. The people who run AT and T Stadium, who threw the tickets, said it was under ninety three thousand, uh, above ninety three thousand. So it did beat the WrestleMania three, um, what's his name, attendance record. It did beat that. It did set it, but it wasn't a hundred. It wasn't a hundred k. But this is not the first time WWE has said that they've had X amount of people, and it's actually been less. At an event, so that's why it's not a big surprise to me, right? Because there were up until WrestleMania, there were still tickets, and I mean a lot of. Tickets oh yeah, they were. Still they, were they were going for like twenty bucks. I saw at one point. Yeah, there were a lot, a lot of tickets. That's a huge stadium. You can't really. It's hard to sell that stadium out. Yeah, it is. You can't really, you know, outside of football, it's it's really difficult. Yeah, standing. I mean, because you have the stand, because you have a standing room. Like you have standing room in there, uh, in AT and T Stadium. I've obviously, I've obviously never been there, but from what I've seen, I know it's like you have the big, obviously, where you can sit everybody on all the seats, and I know they have a standing room section. But I think the only time it's really been legitimately sold out is for like a Cowboys game, and when Beyonce has her concert down there, probably later this year. It's probably only two times it's probably ever going to really truly sell out. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Beyonce's gonna sell it out. It probably has sold probably. already. Probably. Okay, but now let's 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 go on now with the rest of the card. What was your uh, most disappointing match? Let's start off with that most disappointing match. Main event. Just uh, easy. You know why I say easy. that's not disappointing? Because I expected it to be bad. I just I okay. expected it to be a, a jobber for. Uh, I expected Triple I, H to turn into a jobber that night. I didn't expect it to be that bad. 
I expect, like you said, I expected it to be bad, but I didn't expect it to be that bad. Like, what would have saved it is if somebody like Seth Rollins would have came out. At the end, it what did something to, at the end, yeah, and like, yeah, it's a screw Roman Reigns, yes. Well, he, like because this is what I thought, and I'm I'm sorry to cut you off. I thought I would have been okay with Triple H winning by cheating and then like having him lose the belt the next day on Raw, because you don't want to ruin the card. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you have a crowd like that, you don't want to leave them with like a a whack ending. You know, like a fake storybook ending, because no one wants really wants to see Roman Reigns win. Let me tell you something, dude. It went that card. The entire night. I'll, I'll even count the pre-show matches. Went from an A+. Plus, like, the whole night was an A+. Plus until you got to the main event. Yeah. And the main event was like a C-. minus, And it just hurt. It hurt that card so much. And it just like, oh, why? Because right. it was just like, it was just one of those... I mean, we all was, we all knew Roman Reigns was probably going to win, but it was just like, can the child just like not have him win for once? Even Son Goku coming back, I tolerated. I thought way it was more. perfect. Actually, I thought they they set him up pretty good. Yeah, could do they something did. quick, and you know. And I gotta give. I got. I was even. I was. I honestly will say I was happier to see John Cena last night than I was happier to see Roman Reigns walk out of AT&T Stadium champion. But, you know, of course, he has to win because he's Roman Reigns and nobody wanted and nobody wanted to see that ending. But let me, whatever. Let me give you an example of how it was. When I got home, you know, I, I started, like, I put it on on the uh, PlayStation. Yeah. And I'm watching it, and, you know, my uh, my sister came in, and she's, like, a wrestling fan from a little bit back in the Attitude Era. She stopped watching it mm-hmm. after the Attitude Era ended. You know, PG's not her thing. Yeah. But uh, she watched it, and she was entertained. Like, she was definitely entertained. And mm-hmm. she said that some of the matches, that's the, so first of all, she agreed with pretty much the rest of the world that the last match sucked, you know. And she's a huge yeah. Triple H fan. And she was like, yeah. the guy that won it has no personality. He doesn't have anything yeah. that makes you say... Oh man, I want to root for him. He just doesn't. Yeah. Anybody who's blind who hasn't watched wrestling in years can see that. Can see this, yes. You know, and that's the thing. You can't force it down people's throat. No matter how good you write it, the you have to have it. It has to happen organically. And that's the problem. They keep forcing it down people's throats. They keep for. Remember, it's like when in the early nineties, well, the mid nineties, not early nineties, when it was uh, what's his name, when The Rock first came out. And they were trying to force the rock down our throats. Mm-hmm. And remember, the rock literally had chant, people chanting, "Die, Rocky, die." Yeah, yeah. That was when he was Rocky Maivia, right? Yes. Yeah. Now look at the rock. The rock is one of the most beloved people. He can show up and do absolutely nothing. And, and guess like what? We, the secret was they turned him heel. <laughs> yes. And then he became a face slowly. Yes, and he just and he just did it. The right, he when he became the Rock, like I, because that he said it himself. He had to become the Rock. When he did that, it all it all worked. All the lights, everything just clicked. Everything clicked for him. Roman Reigns, I don't see it. Like even if they mimic, literally what they did with the Rock with Roman Reigns, I don't see it happening for him that easily. 
he's going to have to go through hell, and I literally mean hell, for the fans to accept him. Because he got booed out of AT&T Stadium last night. And now we all know WrestleMania crowds are probably one of the most rowdiest crowds ever. Yeah, because they're paying some money. You know, they want to see a good product. You come from everywhere. And when I say everywhere, I mean literally everywhere. You will have people from Australia, New Zealand, every place, country imaginable show up to this event, to go to this event. So people, this is a worldwide event. This is why I said on your show last week, it's, it's up there with the Super Bowl because people literally pay to come, I mean, pay X amount of money to fly from the 20-hour flight, literally, to come to watch WrestleMania to, and to sit in the front row because it's that big of a spectacle. And then those fans had to go home seeing Roman Reigns <laughs> walk out. WWE World Heavyweight Champion, which is probably the most depressing thing out of the whole night. It, it was very surprising to me. I just can't believe they would really, they would really do that. They, they could have swerved us. They could have definitely. They could have done so much. Even like the Seth Rollins thing last year saved WrestleMania last year. That Seth Rollins, yeah. uh, you know, Money in the Bank yeah. cash. That was so perfect to end that match. Yeah. You know. Because yeah. if you want to get the belt off Brock, don't give it to Reigns. Let's have Seth Rollins come to take it. That was so good, you know? Yeah. And But now, you look at the situation this year, and I, I'm going to go after the other matches. Like I said, my sister was watching it, right? Uh-huh. And some of the matches that disappointed, and this is my opinion, the most disappointing match other than the main event was Brock Lesnar versus Dean Ambrose. Did I was not, gonna say that match. I too. did not like the match. I felt like it was it was so hyped to be a bloodbath, to be one of those yep. gruesome matches, and it seemed like a, uh, even a slightly less version of a hardcore match. It was not good. That, that was so much. It was botch they, city. Botch city the, is what it was. Let me tell you, I agree with you. They marketed it as it's going to be a bloodbath, and as you just alluded to, and it for them to just literally. Say no, it's not gonna be a bloodbath. Uh, we're just gonna tease the use of Barbie, and we're gonna. Well, obviously, you know he wasn't gonna use the chainsaw, because like I said, the only way they would use the chainsaw, you would have to cut Brock Lesnar's head off. Yeah. But obviously, we knew that that piece of that weapon wasn't gonna be used. But they could have used Barbie, and they just said nah. Nah, Lesnar wasn't gonna take no uh, barbed wire bat. I think he would have. I think he would have. I didn't see him kissing the bat and everything and then not using it. It didn't make any sense. And nothing with that match made sense. It was done with the chairs. Like, suplexed. You bring, he brought in like 30 chairs into the ring. Yeah, the old Terry Funk thing. That's what Terry Funk used to do. It was and then he just And then he got suplexed on and then F5'd. Brock actually suplexed him over the chairs, and Brock suplexed him on the top of the chairs. Yeah, he missed, yeah, at first. And, yeah, and then he had five of them on top of the chairs. And it was just like, but the only thing they used literally was what? A fire extinguisher, a kendo stick, <laughs> and a chair. Basically. Like, you telling me y'all couldn't have used trash cans, trash can lids, stop signs. Thank hardcore you. matches, like, they, that could have been a literal hardcore match. Like, it's WrestleMania. Up the ante a little. Shane McMahon, and I was going to bring this up, 
But Shane McMahon took like the he bump saved, of bumps last night. He saved that match because that was not a great match. Let's be honest with you. But it will, it, it will yeah. ever be known for him basically half killing himself. Yeah, I mean he took the bump of bumps off twenty five feet, threw it threw it in an out table, and then he got tombstone for his troubles. But <laughs> but it was like I said, that match though I didn't expect it to be like oh. Shane, you know how Shane had his like death-defying matches many, many, many years ago. I didn't expect it to be like that. He gave us the coast to coast, which he barely uh, connected with because he's older. I mean, let's face it, Shane hasn't really done this in how many years? Like seven, eight years. He hasn't really wrestled. I mean, he's just been focusing on business. I didn't expect this to be like the greatest match of all time of course but it was a solid match it, it gave us what we wanted it gave us a couple of high spots but like you said it was again it wasn't the greatest match it wasn't but it was a very good it match. was a lot of slow movement you know it really was <laughs> it was a lot of slow movement oh, here 51 what do you expect my god it was like you know it was funny because like I said, my sister's watching the match. She goes, first of all, she forgot the Undertaker was still wrestling. She's like, the Undertaker's a million years old. He is. He's 51. I you know? So it's like him walking to the ring. She's like, does he have a cane or something? Like, he, you know, like, cause the, man is, <laughs> the man is old, man. Like, you can really see it, too. It's just like, my God. He's in better. I, I'll give him credit, though. He's in better shape. Because uh, when he fought Brock two years ago at WrestleMania, he oh, looked terrible. God, he he looked terrible shape. going in. Yeah. 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 He was in horrible shape. Now he's in better, like, he's in way better shape now than he was two years ago. Still looks old. Looks like Kelsey Grammer. I'm saying he, he looks very old, man, out there. I mean, he is old. I, I The guy has a lot of wear and tear, which this is why I was kind of surprised that he won the match because I was like, I don't think he was wait. supposed to win the match. I think because Shane couldn't do anything else. Well, I think, uh, nah, Shane, Shane could have survived. Shane could have easily got up for that spot. It would have day. He, he, he sold the crap out of that, obviously. Yeah. But Shane, Shane, Shane could have got up if Shane wanted to get up and if Shane had to win that match. Um, one, one more thing I want to say about, you know, I want to move it along with, Another great match I felt like was the women's um, triple threat was a great match. Yes. All three women brought it. Yes. Uh, Becky Lynch was very good, I felt like. Becky Lynch really put it on him. Um, Charlotte was really good. Yeah, Charlotte was good too. That moonsault was, that was nuts. I'm sorry. Was, <laughs> and yeah, she landed man. it perfectly. Oh, yeah. Most, I don't have seen, I haven't seen a lot of men actually even successfully do that. That's how you hit well, a spot. Like, that's, yeah. She 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 brought it. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that, as you alluded to, Ric Flair interfering. I didn't need I that. Gotta... I didn't need Ric Flair interfering, but you know, it's Ric Flair. What do you expect? Oh, did we lose Black? I think we may have lost him. All right. Well, hopefully Black calls back, and uh, we'll get him back on. But, yeah, I just felt like, you know, the, it was an unnecessary spot right there for Ric Flair to jump in and uh, and do something. But what do you expect half the time? What do you expect? And it looks like we yeah. got Black back. What happened, man? You all right? 
No, I, I was hearing you. I just guess you couldn't hear me anymore. No, we stopped, I stopped hearing you after a while, but back to what oh, I was no, saying I'm with sorry. the match. <laughs> the women's title, I, I, I like... Now, we were just talking about this, how they're going to change the Divas title into the women's title. And Thank I God. like the new women's title. It's really nice. Yeah. Way better than that butterfly belt. Anything better than that butterfly belt. That, that belt's been around for eight years. It shouldn't have been. I agree. Now, back to, um, I don't know how they're going to do legacies of that. That's something they could figure out. But just the new era of, like, women's wrestling. I feel like women's wrestling is in great hands. And I, I like the reason why I keep bringing up my sister because she used to watch back in the day. She said that these girls right here are even better than the girls that fought back in the Attitude Era. She puts them Dude. over Lita and Trish and all of them as well. Let me, let me say something. It's kind of hard to define the two eras because you got to remember you got to remember what the attitude era was about when it comes to women's wrestling and this generation of women's wrestling is completely different because you don't have all that silliness that you know the raw panty matches all that stupidity the pillow fights and all that dumb uh, that dumb stuff like so this is more about I, and I got to say, the company that revolutionized, really, women's wrestling over the last few years was TNA. Because they had a very good... They, they had a The knockout very, division, that's what they called them, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that division was very, very good. And WWE was just, like, so far behind. But now, I'll easily say this, WWE has caught up to them, and they have surpassed them. But... I'm going to tell you this. It's really about seven ladies who I can really look at and say, all right, they they got this. And that's obviously three who wrestled last night. Mm-hmm. Bailey, Asuka, Natalia, and Paige. You don't give Naomi? I think Naomi got to be on that list, man. She's good. She's athletic, but when I come, she's athletic. That's why she goes over very good. But the thing with Naomi. She misses spots. She, no, I wouldn't even say she misses spots like that. It's the thing. The thing with her is you put her in a ring with a with a Bailey or Asuka. Oh, she'll get killed. Yeah. She'll get killed. Definitely. I agree. That's 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 the problem. That's why I didn't mention it. She's solid. But she like a Natalia can handle that. A Paige easily can handle that. I would. I don't know if Nikki Bella can handle it. We we haven't really seen it because she was getting destroyed in the ring by the three divas that were in the triple threat last night when she was active before her neck injury. So I don't know how good how good they can handle it. But I tell you this: one day, and I don't know when, but one day soon. Them ladies are going to main event WrestleMania. They're going to close the show. That's going to be interesting. I mean, they I, honestly, at first, I was a little questionable when I was like, they're going to do the Brock and, uh, and Dean Ambrose match earlier than them. And then I said, you know what? It's yeah. a good thing they had <laughs> Brock and Dean Ambrose go first yep. in 8 o'clock hour. It was a good thing. You got to remember, that triple threat was one of the main events. That was There were four main events last night. That was one of the four main events. So, 
that just tells you in and of itself how far women's wrestling. That's why it's good that they got rid of that Divas brand and they called it what it is, women's wrestling. And they call and even putting them up there with the men by calling them superstars, mm-hmm. which is even better. That is better because it, it, it should have been it should have been like that a long time ago. Because they, uh, and I've said this a million times, they put on better matches than most of the men. They do. They definitely so, do. So, especially when you give, and you've seen that, obviously, when you give these ladies time, look at look at Bailey and Sasha from, when they, from oh their little God. rivalry in NXT. Very good. Look at NXT Brooklyn. Yeah. Look at the, look at the Iron, look at the Iron Women's match. That you give them time, they, they shut down, they shut it down. They they should have main evented NXT Brooklyn. That's why Triple H made the main main event the other NXT mm-hmm. when they had the other NXT takeover event. Yeah, with Sasha versus Bailey. Yeah, with Sasha versus Bailey because yeah. they they can they can do it, and they, and everybody is acknowledging that they can do it. So Triple H has yeah. done a, such a great job with this, with the uh, NXT brand. It's it's incredible. I really have to say that. Just the way these guys come up and they just look they, they look either better or just ready. You know what I mean? And I, I just that's think the, they do a great job. And that's the key, being ready. That's, really, that's the biggest key. And that's the biggest key. And um, I do want to say real quick, now going to uh, another match. Well, and that wasn't really a match. We were talking about with The Rock and uh, the yeah. whole Bray Wyatt thing. There was some chatter online that I think I should bring up. And uh, Jr., who is, you know, on Twitter, obviously, he was voicing his opinions on it. Some people mm-hmm. were upset with the fact that the Wyatts were in a spot where they were going to get humiliated. I think it was good for the Wyatts to be put over, in my opinion. I feel like The Rock, especially since The Rock did compliment Bray Wyatt, yes. if anything. On, on Facebook. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he put... See, this is what people have to keep keep in mind. They get emotional the about Rock, it. The Rock put over Bray Wyatt. Yeah. He literally put him over last night. If definitely. you listen to the Rock, he definitely promo, did. Yeah, he put him over. So just because, and I mean, listen, it wasn't Bray Wyatt that got beaten six seconds. It was, it was Eric, Eric Rowan, Rowan. exactly. So just calm. Just, that's where people just need to calm down right there. Yeah, Bray took a Bray took a what a, a, people's a elbow. rock bottom. No, he took a people's elbow. No, he just took the people's elbow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but okay. So let's compare two things. Let's compare something that happened earlier in the night. Now, as you see, New Day is hell of a lot over. Yes. But Xavier Woods took a Stone Cold Stunner. He did. See. So if again, why are you complaining? If New Day is over, says Woods took a Stunner. Why Why would you complain? Because Bray Wyatt's like a people's elbow. And they really did a great job because they fooled us a little bit. I thought they were going to have them come out, waste time, just to announce the yeah. attendance record, wait till 11 o'clock yeah. so they can set up the main event. But to have him come out and actually do a nice a nice spot where, you know, he comes out, he's in full uniform, which was the, which was the cool thing about it, you know? Yeah. And say, let's do a six-second match. You knew it wasn't going to be a real match, but the fact well. that he did it. He had that kind of what's it? Yeah, I think it was an insurance policy. Yeah, that no, everybody whatever. knows. Yeah, everyone yeah, knows. Everybody yeah. knew about that. Yeah. So that's for the fact that he actually put on the wrestling gear mm-hmm. and had a quote unquote match. Still amazing. You, yeah. you got to give him oh, yeah. credit. I definitely do. Nobody like like you said. I thought that's what exactly what he was there for. 
So I I got hype when I see him rip off the gear, rip off the rip off the uh, the little gear he had on and had his wrestling gear on. Mm-hmm. Because that was a shock. Nobody expected that. It was well done, and I thought John Cena coming out making his appearance. If he's cleared the fight again, like you were saying, will he yeah. be at Raw tonight? You know, like that's the stuff. Oh like yeah, that. he'll be there. But that's but it's good. That's how you come back. He's not in a match. That's yeah. it. I thought it was well done. I, I really enjoy it. It was well done. Yeah. They 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 did that was that was a very, very good segment. You know, whoever wrote WrestleMania in terms of the setup and everything, hats off to him except for the end. That's all you gotta say. <laughs> That's really all you gotta say. He's like everything was perfect. They had the pre show matches were good. Everything yep. leading up was good until the, the yep. icing on the cake. You know what I mean? You guys, it's like, it's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like the best comparison to it is Seattle Seahawks one yard line Super Bowl. Yeah, that that that's the best comparison. That's really what it is. It was a perfect wrestling because I was literally, I was in shock. I was enjoying it. The whole Shane McMahon thing was scary, and also the Kevin Owens. He's injured. He has to be injured. Cause that man was knocked I, out. I thought he was dead. If if he didn't get legitimately knocked out. He sold that very, very well. He sold well. it too well because I was scared. I, I was first excited I, I about was Zach, like, Zach Ryder, but I kept checking to see if he moved or not. And That's what I was doing. I was like, is, is Kevin Owens, like, knocked out? I, I, I literally had to tweet out. I think he's legitimately knocked out. Because I thought he was dead. I've never seen a guy take – he took a nasty fall in that bump, man. That bump was nasty. And he didn't move. No. <laughs> I saw the way Sami Zayn's face looked after he did the move. I thought Sami Zayn thought that he hurt him for real. And Sami Zayn was like, ooh. Yeah, you saw that, right? You saw his eyes when he looked at him? He's like, ooh. He said, ooh. Man, you tell like, I, all I know is that was scary. And, and if you have me scared, and knowing that I'm a wrestling fan, but at the same time, I understand it's sports entertainment, then you've done your job, WWE. You've done your job. That's it. What you gotta remember, we know we know like there's certain guys who can really, really sell. And but Kevin O if that wasn't a sell, and Kevin O was like because you don't know. That's one of those you really don't know because he looked like he was knocked out and then he could have just been selling it. But either way, he did a phenomenal job <laughs> after that suplex spot. It's but, it's crazy. You know, the other thing. The other thing, real quick, that I, I got disappointed at was, okay. you know how they always have the bridge ladder spot? Yeah. It could have been better. That's what I mean. Well, you know why? I think they didn't have the right personnel that they wanted for that spot. Let's be honest. I mean, Some of these Sin guys, they were in there. You, diving. But Sin Cara's botch. He botches so much. No, no. That's the old Sin Cara. Okay. That's the old one. But the, this is the new yeah. safe Sin Cara that that's does the safe Nico. moves? That's Hunico. <laughs> that's the... That, that, are they, that they changed people? Yeah, that other Sakara got fired long ago. That's oh, Hunico. okay. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, the old Sakara who I first seen many, many years ago, yeah, he's long gone. Because exactly what you just said, he got he botched so much, and then he got hurt so much that they said, nah, you got to go. Bye-bye. Exactly. But we want to keep the character, so we're just going to put Hunico under the mask. And it worked. All right. Well, there you go. So, uh... So. Once again, Dr. Black, thank you for chiming in. We're going to enjoy uh, the last, well, the, the big the big Raw, like you said. The Raw that yeah, starts everything up again for the new year. For the new mm-hmm. season, I should say. That's when really what the new season starts for WWE. 
yep. is the day after WrestleMania. So we're definitely going to enjoy that. And we'll definitely check up on you a lot more for the next big, big WWE event. And, of course, people check out Doctors Oof. of Wrestling. But we're going to check we you out. Sorry, but we have two uh, pay-per-views coming up. Yeah, Payback and Extreme Rules. We do. We definitely do. And I'm going to one of those. I know you're going to one of them. That's what we're going to we're going to talk about <sighs> later. But uh, you know, once again, thank you for enjoy, you know for going through this whole road to WrestleMania with us. Oh man, it was lovely. Definitely. Thank so, you. Uh, thank you, man. Have a good one. You too. All right. So that was uh, Doctor Black. He pretty much was with us the entire road to WrestleMania. And uh, breaking it down. And like I said, it was such a huge event. It was being tweeted everywhere. It was trending the entire night last night, even during Major League Baseball opening day. Just shows you the power of uh, the WWE universe. And the last thing I want to say about the WWE is uh, in regards to Sting, he announced his retirement. And here's uh, just a, a little parting gift that he left with everybody in terms of his Hall of Fame speech. You're listening to uh, Sports Social with Ed Easton. We'll be right back. It was about a year ago that I made my debut right here in this building on Monday Night Raw. It's amazing that I'm here to begin with because the amazing thing about me, some of you know this, is I didn't know anything about pro wrestling into my 20s when I got into this thing. Until I went to the sports arena one time and saw Big John Studd, Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan, the British Bulldogs, the Iron Sheik, and to coin that 80s phrase, it was pandemonium. It was then that I decided that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a pro wrestler. So many things I, I would have never imagined. Winning the world title in 1990, Great American Bash against Ric Flair for the very first time. You know, I think I heard him say 16-time world champion. I think I was 17, Rick. I might have won up to you there. I don't know how many times I won that thing. I, I never would have guessed that I would have traveled all over the world and wrestled in so many countries. I had at one time over 400 companies making uh, a variety of products with my likeness on it. You know, lunch bags, sleeping bags, pillows, action figures. Did any, anyone ever get a Sting air freshener by chance? They made them. Sting air fresheners. You've heard me say it before, you've heard me say it for years, that the only thing that is for sure about Sting is nothing is for sure. Until now. <laughs> On this very night, at this very moment, I'm going to finish my wrestling career under the WWE umbrella, and I'm so proud of that. I am officially, officially going to retire tonight.
I just want you to know this isn't goodbye, it's just see you later.
little classic Naughty by Nature, OPP. That'll be our song to play our way out. I uh, want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in. I uh, want to thank our guest, Brian Ewart, who got called in, talked about Villanova basketball, big national title game tonight, as well as Dr. Black, who gave his uh, final rundown, his recap of WrestleMania from last night, which was crazy. And um, as always, check us out Monday through Thursday, 1 to 3 p.m. here on Soundcast FM. And I guess I could just leave with a final thought, right? Let's just say something really great. How about um, check out baseball tonight? All games, like I said, if you're not a baseball fan, this is the time to check it out. You know you're going to get the best in terms of like all the teams out there. They're, everybody's at full strength for the most part. This is the best time to check out Major League Baseball. It's opening day. Enjoy it. And, you know, like I said, enjoy enjoy the moment. That's really what it's all about. But um, I do have to make my way out of here. I'm getting that cue that it is time to go. So, once again, this is Soundcast FM. Check us out. This is Sports, Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Check us out on iTunes. We are on iTunes, Sports Social with Ed Easton. So, make sure you check it out, okay? And we're going we're gonna to make our way out of here and play a little bit of a classic track I don't know if anybody here is a Karate Kid fan from back in the day, but this is the song. And if you don't know the song, then you are way too young. That's all I got to say. I'm out of here. I'm Ed Easton. This is Sports Social. That's one point round kick. Eight. Try to believe, though the going gets rough, that you got a hand tough to make it. History repeats itself.